You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail and at Nod of the Scribe. Got a game tonight for the Hornets against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a late one to be had in the Eastern Conference. going to be a 9 p.m. tip. Hopefully that's not too late for you guys to stay up. We're not doing the West Coast road trip thing anymore. So you've got the 9 p.m. tip tonight on a Friday. Maybe you're feeling a little goosey, a little froggy. Can stay up and party with the Charlotte Hornets and see if they can pull off the upset. Either way, Nada, you talk about enjoying the ride all the time. I'm just happy that they're going to go at least 500 on this road trip. I fully expect the loss against the Milwaukee Bucks that have been playing very uh, well, except for the last two losses that they had. We know that Milwaukee is still a dangerous team. And uh, I can't imagine that the Hornets are going to win this one. Uh, But hey, maybe because they've lost, it looks like five out of their last eight or so. Maybe there's maybe there's a shot. Maybe there's a shot that the Hornets can win. It could happen. (laughs) I'm not saying that it can't happen because I've learned that saying it can't happen generally means I end up being very, very loud and very, very wrong. Right. At the same time, um, you think those guys forgot exactly what happened the last time these teams played? No, I do not. Where Cody? Yeah, yeah. As we've seen, there are certain teams that keep a very, very long memory when it comes to the Hornets. And then they realize, oh, wait, we can't play our C game. We may actually have to play a B-plus game, maybe even slide it up to an A. Mm -hmm. So I am one of those that does not believe that this is a winnable game, but I've been wrong before. Um, I would agree with you. I was just trying to find some kind of semblance of hope. I can't imagine the Bucks You're go the positive one. You're supposed to. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, I can't imagine the Bucks go on a second three game losing streak within nine games. So yeah, five of their last eight games the Bucks have lost. That is interesting to see that from Milwaukee. We'll see if they're able to get back on track tonight against the Hornets. Either way, like I said, the Hornets, they can go no worse than 500 on this road trip. And if they're able to pull off the upset, that would be just that much sweeter going forward, trying to hang on to one of those playoff spots. We'll get to that a little bit later. Nada, there's a topic of uh, surrounding LaMelo ball that we haven't addressed yet in the last couple of days or so that I did want to get to here today. So ESPN came out with their top 25 players under the age of 25 list and LaMelo ball was certainly on it. And he was as high as number three on this list. So Luka Doncic came in at number one, Zion Williamson came in at number two. And then you see LaMelo ball come in at number three. What they did was they had a few analysts. It was Kevin Pelton. It was Bobby Marks and it was Mike Schmitz all giving you a list of who they thought were the best players under 25. They averaged them all together for the most part. And then that was the ESPN ranking and LaMelo ball comes in at number three. Bobby Marks had LaMelo at eight. So he was the lowest on ball. 
Kevin Pelton had LaMelo at four. Mike Schmitz had LaMelo at number three. Here's the write-up that Mike Schmitz decided to do for LaMelo. He was the highest by just one compared to Kevin Pelton. He said prior to breaking his wrist, Ball was posting historic numbers for a 19-year-old. So five years from now, LaMelo can still be on this list, which is crazy. Uh, and the, yeah, and, it is crazy. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and the ease with which he was dissecting NBA defenses stood out even more than the production. Given his position, size, supernatural vision, elite instincts, creativity, touch, and unwavering confidence. Ball has a much long-term upside uh, as anyone in the NBA, not named Zion or Luca. What makes him special can't be taught, and the late bloomer will likely become even more of a problem for defenses as he matures physically. Again, that was from Mike Schmitz. I was surprised as you were, as I saw on Twitter, Nada. I was surprised that he came in before Jason Tatum. If you go with the top five list, I, as I mentioned, it's Luca one, Zion two, LaMelo three. Donovan Mitchell comes in at four, and he's 24 and a half years old. So this is his last year on the list. And then Jason Tatum comes in at five as a 23-year-old. The reason Jason Tatum is, <laughs> it's funny that we say this, but all the way down to five, it's Bobby Marks being unbelievably low on Jason Tatum compared to everybody else. He's got Tatum at number 13 on the players under 25 See, list. No, I, I mean, that's wow. insane. <clears throat> like I get it. If you're just basing it off of this season, but I, even then, like I, there's no way even in a season where we know that Jason Tatum has had COVID that I can put him that low. Oh my, I mean, there's no way. Oh, f- no that's, way. that's, unfathomably low. I, I was, I was very surprised and I saw Bobby Marks put out kind of like an indirect subtweet basically to everyone. It was just basically a picture of the definition of the word potential. And I guess that's what he's going with. All the players in front of Jason Tatum have a better even, potential even in his mind. I, yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, love Bobby Marks. I think he's awesome, but I, I just can't wrap my brain around this one. So I, I think that's a guy that I would have put ahead of LaMelo. But the point being, Nada, it's LaMelo's number three on this list. And I think I would have only put one other guy in front of ball at this moment in time. I think I'd probably have him four on this list behind Luca, behind Zion and behind Jason Tatum. And I'm not putting anybody in front of LaMelo Ball at this point in time. Uh, what do you think? Is he going number four on your list? Where would you have him? I would probably, I think that, I, yeah, like I think four, <laughs> like four or five feels right. Like I would understand, I, like there's a part of me that also understands that if you put LaMelo like five, if you put Donovan over him, I could understand that a little bit. I could really understand it. Because of what Donovan's done in the playoffs. Like, a lot of this, a lot of the guys that are on there, save for like Zion, save Zion, have done some stuff in the playoffs to make it worth it put him, to put over LaMelo right now. We do not know if LaMelo will be playing in the playoffs. We do not know that because we don't know what the status of his wrist is. I, I get it. Again, Devin Booker being another one that, and I know, and I can just hear Doug Branson like in the background being like, "You're putting Devin Snooker." Devin Snooker. Over- yeah, you're putting Devin Snooker over Lamella Ball for right now. Yeah, 
You would do that. I so you're having you're having Booker or Snooker number four, and then you're putting Ball five. Is what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying five. Yeah, I I'm not. I'm gonna put Lamelo. I'm gonna put Lamelo Ball four on this list. Uh, Devin Booker, by the way, comes in at eight when you average all the other lists together. And here's the other interesting thing about all of this too: the top three players. Luke is 22 years old and has already been an MVP candidate. Already was last season. So th- there's no argument that Luca isn't number one. I mean, he he clearly is. You can't take anybody else over him and I'm just fine. I, I I think there's probably an argument if you really wanted to that Zion could be further down on this list. I wouldn't have that argument. I don't think a no. ton of people would. I, I just it's it's easier to come up with than it is for Lucas, but still yeah. Zion very, very comfortably in number two spot. And then uh, yeah, I, the thing about all these guys, Lucas 22 Zion's 20 and basically little over 20 and a half years old, not quite 21. Lamelo's 19 and a half years old. Not everybody else. The youngest you go down the list is 23, which is Jason Tatum. Everyone else is about 23, 24, 25 until you get to Shea, who is almost 23 years old at 22.7 is how they're describing it. Like uh, Lamelo's the only guy under 20 and he's the youngest by a full year on this list. There's not another rookie on this list right now. Uh, may- maybe Anthony Edwards further down you go. I, I didn't go down all the list, but I mean, he's pretty down there. 19 is where Anthony Edwards yeah. is right now. So it, that's the thing, right? Like Lamelo is already up there with some of the more established young players in the league. And I think, you know, from, from my point of view, I think when you average all of these placements together, I think you're right. I just think the level of creativity, his, his playmaking defensively, even if he's, if his defense is, you know, still helter skelter a little bit, he can make big plays defensively. The shooting has been huge for him. I I hope that can continue. I'm a little scared that that's going to take a dip next season, but right now he's given you all evidence that he can be a shooter. I I love what LaMelo has done. That's why I would have him number three. We can continue to talk about it in just a moment. Um, after the, uh, uh, after we take this quick break going into the second segment, do want to talk to you guys a little bit more about built bar. You guys know what it is already. We've hyped up built bar so long now, ever since they came out with what was somewhat of a rebranding, if you will, on the ingredients. It's been unreal. The first one tasted good. (laughs) The second one, it's just straight addiction at this point. Anytime you go on a workout, if you're just going to the gym, if you're going on a walk and you need to feel replenished somehow, just eat your candy bar that is a built bar and actually good for you. You're ranging anywhere from 130 to 180 calories. It's high protein, low sugar, high fiber. It's uh, low in calories as well. It's, It's just, it's very good for you and it tastes good for you as well. It's covered in 100% chocolate. It gives you that boost of energy that you need without that crash feeling. It's amazing stuff. Go to BuiltBar.com and use LOCKED15 for that promo code. Again, LOCKED15 for that promo code when you go to BuiltBar.com and order a box today. Any flavor, they're all really good. BuiltBar.com. Got a couple more segments to go on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. Lamelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So not a the game tonight. Uh, the Hornets are going to be going at it once again without Malik, without Gordon, without LaMelo. That's what they've had to do the last couple of games, and we're going to expect that a little bit more. Malik is going to be the first guy back expectedly. Gordon will be back still in about a month's time, and we'll see if there is a chance that LaMelo can return this season. But James Borrego said a comment, man, I think it was maybe before the Boston game on Sunday that I think that caught my attention. And it's a point that not a ton of people are talking about. He said, this is basically the roster that we had last year that was winning games late in the season and playing above their weight. You would imagine playing to the level of their competition. This is the team that beat the Miami heat in the last game of the year. Yeah, I, I forget who they were competing with and who they actually beat, but the Rockets are in that mix. The Milwaukee Bucks last year, I think it was Giannis just going full MVP mode at the end of that game to win it, but that was a close game against the Bucks. The Toronto Raptors, I believe they beat, and that was a playoff team. Yes. You know, th- this is the roster that you're dealing with, except Terry Rozier's having a significantly better season than he was last year, right? Devontae's um, having a worse season than he is this year. Yeah, it, it, maybe not at that point, though. I mean, he, he was starting to finish the season a little bit on a stronger note. There was a long slump, uh, long slump in between that Brooklyn game and maybe like the last 10 or 15 games of the season. But yeah, like I, I don't think it was that dramatic of a drop-off. You could argue PJ is having a worse season. Mm-hmm. I think he probably is overall. On offense, but, but not on defense. Yeah, sure, 100%. I just I found that interesting. It, it it doesn't make me believe that the Hornets are going to hold on to this playoff spot, but we are all not very confident in this roster because you are losing a lot of playmaking. Yet the guy that you lost that was on last year's team, it's Malik Monk, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And Malik Monk is going to be coming back sooner than the other two guys that are on this roster. They go to McDaniels and McDaniels comes up big with the 20 point performance. Miles Bridges is certainly better than what he was last year by a lot. And that's defensively and offensively. Um, you know, I, I just, how much stock do you put into that comment? I, I just didn't really think about that. It's funny. Like this is the roster that you had when you were playing well at the end of the season. And yet now it feels like we're kind of all, you know, dipping our head a little bit because of the injuries that we've experienced. See, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, and, and maybe I don't, but here's the thing. <laughs> I, your mental wrestling matches on this show daily are hilarious. I'm glad, I'm glad you appreciate <laughs> Not too many do, people do. I, my, my concern in terms of this would be that this is a team, like you said, it's great that this team was the one that finished the year, but this is also the team that a whole bunch of teams have now scouted. And now that you have the tape, you know the strengths, you know the weaknesses, you know like, there's a lot more that you know about this team now that the teams have had over a year to scout what this team does well, what these, these guys do horribly, what these things. Like there's a lot of this that can be countered, unfortunately. And un, and at the same time, while it's nice to feel good about this, like tape rules everything. So like 
I get why there's something there's a reason to feel good about it, but at the same time, it might be false confidence. Like you may be able to come up with a new wrinkle or two with this lineup, but unfortunately, the limitations are the limitations. So either you're they're gonna have to switch the way they play, and that's something that we started to see with at least OKC to an extent was okay. We're just going to have to base this around defense. We're going to play a little bit more. We're going to play a little bit harder on defense. The zone's going to have to be a little bit more amoeba-like. And everybody that's going to be on the floor has to be able to switch on a pick and roll. Like, that's what they've done thus far. That's what they're going to have to live on. But at the same time, it's going to come at the expense of, okay, this team is going to struggle scoring 95 points. Now, if they do this against Milwaukee, I'm happy to admit I'm wrong, but... At the same time, I just wonder if even with what they're doing right now, is there going to be a cap on what they can do offensively? Well, you you look at when the good vibes started happening last year. They went on a five-game losing streak, Washington, San Antonio, Orlando, Houston, Dallas, and I think we we're all spelling doom at that point. It was a pretty bad losing streak. And boy, you go to the one prior to that. I mean, it was bad from January 6th. I forgot how bad it was. Goodness gracious. So January 6th to February 8th, basically <clears throat> that month of basketball, they had only won one game yeah. and that was against the New York Knicks. Every other game that they had was a loss. I, I had forgotten how bad that stretch yeah, was. I mean, it was atrocious. And they were losing by double digits too. I mean, I mean that five game losing streak, Washington, double digits, San Antonio, same Orlando, 12 points, Houston, 15 Dallas. Uh, that was just, yeah, that was 16. I mean, it was bad. And then <clears throat> goodness gracious. I can't talk today. Uh, Detroit, they ended up winning and they go on that three game winning streak, Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago. And then they compete with uh, they can, they beat New York and Toronto. They compete with Milwaukee and San Antonio and Denver, right? Three games in a row. They beat Houston, they beat Miami, and they had some balanced scoring, you know, in those games, you're talking about Devonte Graham competing with Milwaukee, only scoring 17. Terry Rozier only scored 20 to compete with San Antonio. Then at the end, you get big time performances from Devonte and Terry scoring 40 and 30, the last two games of the season. I guess my point is you're going to have to look for balanced scoring. James Brago has acknowledge that you're always better when your scoring is balanced just because you can't put your attention on one guy. And that had been for Terry Rozier. If you continue to find other scoring outlets, that certainly is going to help you. So I just, I wonder if maybe I was too hard on them earlier on thinking that this was going to go downhill extremely quickly mm -hmm. with all of these guys gone Fair. to where maybe they can tread water and be comfortably in the play in tournament where they don't look ugly, right? Like I thought this might get ugly, nada. And now with that kind of comment, looking back at how it finished the season, Terry Rozier's better. Miles is better. Jalen McDaniels hopefully can play to the level that he did at the end of the season. I'm just thinking maybe it's not going to be as ugly as I thought. Uh, it, it, it's probably not going to be as ugly as I, uh, as you thought, and it may not be as ugly as I think <laughs> it is. They, like I said, I'm the guy that, optimistically had them winning 10 games this season, 10 games down the stretch. And they're at this point, they're nine away. So here we go. So I think they can get to nine more wins. They're at this point, at this point, they're going to be hit the Vegas over. They're probably going to have 30 plus wins this year in a year that none of us expected us. None of us expected that. So like at this point, we're great. <clears throat> and I guess that's where I'm, that's where. <laughs> yeah. I, this is part of the whole enjoying the ride thing. Like, yes, is this the part where like you have that existential dread of, at the top of the roller coaster 
where you know that dip is coming? Yeah, probably it is. But at the same time, like this is part of the ride. This is part of the fun of having no expectations this year and setting them for next year is that we, you don't have to worry about any of this at this point. You know, I'm going to make a movement that we change that kind of comparison because I used it a lot and, and PJ Washington comes to mind. Man, when you go down the roller coaster, that's among the best parts of the roller coaster, right? Yeah. So when we talk about somebody having a roller coaster type season, whether it be team or individual, when you go down on the roller coaster, right? When you get to that peak and then you swoosh down, you're riding roller coasters for a thrill anyway. Yes. That's among the most thrilling parts. Yes. And yet we talk about it like a bad thing. Should we move this? Should we try to figure out a different comparison and just nix the whole roller coaster thing saying that the downs are indeed negative? They're actually a positive. You know what? I got a good idea. How about we, we take this break? And then we go, we'll talk during the break, and then we'll, again we'll hash this out, and then we'll explain tweets on the other side of that break. Um, fair enough. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action with Bet Online AG. Football might be over, but the NBA it's certainly in full swing, and we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. And they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. One more segment to finish out the week. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets. This is Locked On Hornets. And the Google description here says on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. You can subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, we're going to explain some tweets. I did not tweet a lot this no, week. It's been weren't. pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I always say it every time we do this. I mean, I had been tweeting for a while, and then it's like, man, I'm just not tweeting as much with you know with the schedule that I have. So we're basically going to have to rely on you, Nada, who <laughs> that's what we're just going to have to okay. do right now. Um, I didn't have anything interesting, but I did want to talk about something you were discussing, I guess, a couple of days ago. WNBA jerseys, man, yeah, those pretty creative and fun. And you specifically pointed to the New York Liberty apparel that they were coming out with, like some yeah. of the sweatpants that they had, just the, the track gear. Just the, yeah, they had, oh, the track gear looked awesome. Like, look, look, this is like they decided to accessorize for the WNBA gear. And you know what? Congratulations to the WNBA. This is one of those gear releases that just make you jealous of everything that they're doing. And, and again, they had stranger like the Indiana Fever have Stranger Things branded jerseys. <laughs> Think about that. How yeah. awesome is that? Oh man! What well, and what's funny is at first, I mean, yeah, and by the way, before you get on me, I have seen Stranger Things. Okay, good. So good. there you go. Good. Um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I liked the first season the best. I imagine that's probably most people's opinion, yes. but I have seen Stranger Things. It was really good. Either way, I still didn't realize that it was a Stranger Things branding at first when I saw the jersey. I thought, 
oh God, they're really taking the fever mantra and taking this extremely dark. Like I thought that was all the red, like was resembling something just like vicious. I was like, oh God, that's a scary ass Jersey. Mm -hmm. And it is. Um, but it's pretty cool that they are going with the stranger things thing because it was based in Indiana. I, I love that creative kind of thing, man. So kudos to the fever for creating that. And by the way, I, I got to tell you about this, uh, this shirt that I've been looking for for a while. Okay. And, you know, I, you know, my affinity for Indiana sports to some degree, I don't care about the, the Hoosiers. You know, my, I've got family that went to Purdue, so I'll pull for them every once in a while, but it's really the Pacers and the Colts like to see both those teams do well, as well as the fever. And I have been looking for a Tamika catching shirt for a couple of months now, mm. and I can't find a good one. I, it's fun. Like I've been looking for a catching shirt for a while and I can't find a good one. There's been a couple that are like, are okay, but there's not a lot out there on the market. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to rep the fever, especially with the kind of cool duds. They just came yeah, out. Exactly. With. Like I do want to get some of the fever gear. I do want to somewhat get like the Liberty gear is dope. The, it the is. Chicago sky stuff. Like their, their white pinstripe Jersey is so clean. So, 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 so clean. I suggest you take a look at it. And it brings me back to the point I've been making for years. If you put a WNBA team in Charlotte, they would do the best of any summer sport. You could put MLB out there, they'll outdraw them. You put, you put MLS out there, they'll, they'll outdraw them. Put the WNBA back in the Carolinas, please. I would love to have basketball do a full-time sport. Be like, f just literally, basketball's full again, professional basketball, full time all year in Charlotte. That would be a really great thing to have w at this point. Would you want it to be the sting again? Yeah, might as well, because again, if not, we're going to get an online campaign saying otherwise. <laughs> we would. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, but honestly, I would sign that. Like, the sting, the, the sting was a really cool nickname. The only thing I would say. And God, we're starting to get a little after school, especially, but would you, would you want it to be the WNBA's own thing? Like, is there a problem with it being so related to the men's side of thing? I think that might make me kind of gear away towards having something affiliated with the NBA basketball team. I think maybe what you should do is have it be its own entity. So it's not like maybe seemingly grabbing what would be the quote unquote quote uh, coattails of what you would have with the Hornets, right? Like maybe you could just have the WNBA thing be its own entity. So you're not having to try to relate it to the men's basketball. You, you know, and it's not necessarily a bad idea that like, I, I personally just want a team here. The naming just is, is if the name is okay and the gears fly, that's all that matters. I don't care what well, the and, and the logo was said. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the, the sting was great. And by the way, just going back to the Liberty real quickly, that color scheme is awesome. And it definitely resembles the Mint City edition jerseys that we have here in Charlotte. And the Liberty, they've had that kind of like weird green sea foam type thing in their color scheme for a long time. And so for them to kind of make that primary, that was awesome to see on their apparel. And again, the Charlotte Hornets, they kind of went with that and it's not been in their color scheme. Like no one's seen the mint color scheme before, but to adopt 
about that. Obviously, it's been a huge hit here in the NBA to see the Liberty embrace what's kind of been closer and closely related to their color scheme to see them embrace it. Very, very cool to see all of that. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Bill Barr and you guys for supporting the show. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday to recap that Bucks game and everything that happened over the course of the last couple of days. Once again, we'll be back with you on Monday. Have a great rest of your weekend.